The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Today, we're going to jump straight into the word. Man, I'm telling you, it is going to be awesome. I have my beautiful wife here with me, and she's going to be taking the lead. What are we looking at today? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm very excited about today. I believe God's got a word for us as a church and for us in our own personal lives. I mean, we all know 2020 was a year that happened. And while it was a good year, I believe God has more for us in 2021. I believe God has so much more for us in 2021. And I think, I truly believe what God has more for is He has more fruit for us in 2021. I believe 2021 is a year of fruitfulness, more peace, more increase. God has more abundance. God has more joy for us in 2021. God has much more. I believe as a church, God has more miracles for us as a church. Mm. Um, And so this morning, I want us to do a bit of a Bible study. And I want us specifically to do a Bible study on John 15. Come on. Because I believe John 15 is really the key to manifesting this more in our lives. And I believe John 15, if we, if we, you know, correctly um, understand and apply John 15 in our lives, this more will become evident to everyone around us. Come on. Amen. Amen. So we're going to do a Bible study, um, a, a Bible study this yep. morning. Study the so Bible. I'm going to encourage you, if you've got a Bible, get out your Bibles. If you've got a notepad, get out your notepads, okay? Because we're literally going to be studying the scriptures line upon line, precept upon precept, because God's got a great word for us this morning, okay? So I'm very excited. So let's go quickly to John 15. That's John 15. And I'm going to be reading it in the King James Version, um, Mm -hmm. the King James translation of the version. So this is Jesus speaking. You know, as Pastor T says, it's red, it's bleeding. This is Jesus. But Jesus um, really starts off um, this passage of Scripture, at least this specific chapter, with really quite a bold and strong statement. He says, I am the true vine. And he says, my father is the husbandman. Mm. Now, other versions or other translations of the Bible say, uh, translate that word husbandman to vine dresser, okay? Mm. And so those of you that are, you know, not necessarily familiar with vineyards and the likes, I mean, really a vine dresser is like a farmer, okay? Mm. So, so, so what Jesus uh, begins to um, uh, reveal in the scripture is he begins to reveal that he is the true vine Mm. and God is our vine dresser. God is the one who has the responsibility of taking care of the vineyard of maintaining the vineyard Mm. of providing for the vineyard Mm. okay and then in verse 2 Jesus carries on and he says every branch in me that bears not fruit he in other words the father the vine dresser taketh away Mm. and then he says and every branch that bears fruit he again the vine dresser he purges it that it may bear or bring forth more more fruit okay so we're going to camp out a little bit here because i truly believe that this passage of scripture is probably one of the most 
um, misinterpreted passage of scriptures in the Bible. Okay, mm. so uh, you know, I believe you know um, there's been a lot of um, you know incorrect um, teaching, mm. um, unfortunately, in the body of Christ that it led many to believe that in this passage of scripture, you know, God is um, saying that he's you know he's going to be using pain or misfortune yeah. or tragedy to um, help us bear much more fruit. Mm. And I'm going to submit to you that that is so far from the truth. This is not what the scripture is really um, is actually saying. And and really, if we look at a Greek interpretation of some of the key words in this passage of scripture, mm. we will really get this uh, passage of scripture's true meaning. Okay. So. Let's start off um, by just looking at what uh, Jesus is talking about in this passage of scripture. And, and effectively, he's, Jesus is, is looking at two types of branches. Okay? And later on in John 15, you know, Jesus is going to begin to reveal that we are the branches. Okay? Yeah. So the first branch or the first type of branch that Jesus begins to look at, he begins to look at a, a branch which he says is, is unfruitful. Mm. Right, so he mm. says, every mm. branch in me that bears not fruit, the Father takes away. Right, mm. so he's starting to talk about a branch that's just not bearing fruit. Mm. Okay, mm. and uh, the key to understanding what Jesus is talking about is actually that word "take away." Okay, mm. because that word "taketh away" in the Greek is the word "ero," mm. which in many other. Um, places in the Bible and in other actually other versions of the of the Bible this word ero this word taketh away is actually more commonly translated as lift up right. or as pick up okay right. so I um I mean, I've never grown up in a vineyard, okay? Right, right, right. Like, I, I'm a city girl, <laughs> okay? I didn't grow up in a vineyard. I most certainly didn't grow up on a farm. On a farm. So many of these concepts are, you know, sound so so foreign, you know, when you, when you, you know, first glance, when yeah. you have a first glance of scripture. So I'm just going to try as best as I can, really, to just paint and help paint a picture of really what's going on here, to help mm. paint a picture of really a vineyard in the vineyard setting. Okay? Come on. So, so typically in a vineyard, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get the vines, and you're gonna get branches which are always attached to a vine. Mm. Right. So your your vine is really the source of life for branches. Right. Now branches in a, in and of themselves cannot support themselves. Right. They don't yeah. have, they have a weak stem. They don't have a weak stem. They don't have a mechanism to support themselves. And branches need to be supported. Mm. Why? So that they can grow. Mm. So that they can bear fruit. That's right. So what the vine dresser does is he um he makes structures mm. that are called trellises okay mm. um dr google the pictures of dr google were like wo of wood right so uh, you know i believe you know trellises can you know be like wood and they can be any sort of solid structure that's just really gonna help support the branches right, okay? right, right. so the farmer <coughs> gets these trellises and he puts them in a vineyard right. and all he simply does is he suspends the branches on these trellises so that the branches can be supported Come on. so that the branches can grow and bear fruit. Okay? That's right. Because the key objective of any vine dresser, the key objective of really any vineyard is to see fruit. Come on. Okay. And so these trellises are um, really the mechanism that the, the, the vine dresser or the farmer, if you if you want to call him a farmer, mm. uses to support these branches. Okay. Right, so really right. with this context in mind, 
what we can say is if a branch then is not bearing fruit, mm. it's more likely that the branch has come off of its support, right? right and right. the branch has fallen onto the ground. That's good. And if it's fallen onto the ground, if it's come off its support, it's not going to grow. Mm. It's not going to bear fruit. Yeah. So what does the vine dresser do if he finds a branch that's fallen off a trellis? Picks well, it up picks and it put up. it back on the structure. He picks it up. He lifts it up. He puts it back into a position that it can bear fruit. Wow. Okay. So wow. in the same way, church, with that context in mind, you know, we can um, look at the scripture in a whole different light. Yeah. So in the same way, you know, when we are not bearing fruit, when we have fallen into the dirt, mm. when we are down in our depression, Preach. when we are down in our discouragement, That's awesome. our loving father is going to come along. He's going to lift us up. He's going to encourage us. He's going to support us so that we can bear fruit. And so what we see here, you know, from just this explanation you have given us is that, you know, sometimes when you read in the English language without going back to look at the etymology, etymological uh, 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 root of the word, man, you can miss a lot of things. So here, uh, now we can read this by saying, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. He lifts up. And so our Heavenly Father begins to lift us up back to our identity. Amen. He begins to remind us of who we are in Christ. Amen. He doesn't uh, 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 take us away. You know, uh, there's a doctrine of purging uh, that, that's, you know, uh, 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 all over in the body of Christ and when bad things happen, people say, oh, it's just the purging of the Lord. Oh, the Lord is pruning you. In yeah. fact, it's the doctrine actually, of pruning. Actually gonna come to you that. know, it's just, it's just, it's just cutting you mm. off. And, mm. and I think, and I think from your explanation of lifting up arrow, I think it really brings a light to what our good heavenly father uh, is trying to communicate in John 15 so that we uh, can produce fruit, so that you and I can live uh, the fruitful life. I think it's awesome. Amen. I love it. And this is, uh, you know, Psalm 145, verse 14, um, mm. I believe in the New Living Translation. It really repeats this idea of, of the hev our Heavenly Father picking us up and lifting us up and putting us really in that position to be, begin to really bear fruit. That's right. So Psalm, Psalm 145, verse 14, in the New Living Translation, it says, The Lord helps the fallen. I mean, mm. do you see that? Mm. The Lord helps us when we have fallen. Mm. You know, God helps us when we are down, when Come we're on. down and out. The Lord helps us. And it says, and he lifts those. There's that word arrow. He lifts those bent beneath the load. Come on. He lifts us up. Yes. He puts us back into a position to bear more fruit. Come on. He restores us to our original identity. He reminds us who we are in That's Christ right. Jesus. Amen. Come on. So this is so very powerful. And then Jesus continues in John 15 verse 2. So back again to our original scripture. That's John 15, verse 2. Man, I'm so excited. That's awesome. I just, this, this word is going to set someone free this morning, and I'm just so, so excited. Amen. So Jesus then continues in John 15, verse 2. And then he, he begins to say, you know, every branch now. So now he's talking about the fruitful branches. He's mm. talking about the branches that are bearing fruit. Mm. And he says, every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. And other translations of the Bible says he prunes it. Oh, right? yeah. He prunes it. Mm. 
that it may bring forth more fruit. Okay. Mm. So here we get a you know a, a word picture of a of a branch, a a, a, a believer, a disciple. You know this person's bearing fruit. Mm. But the Bible says you know there's a purging, there's a pruning process, and we're going to talk about that shortly. Mm. That results in a believer. That results in a disciple bearing even more. Fruit. Come on, I'm all I'm all so for listen, more fruit. I'm all for more fruit. And 2021, <laughs> I believe, is a year of yes. more fruit Come in on. your life. Praise God. Amen. So we're gonna now look again, and I believe the key to understanding what Jesus is saying in that specific passage of scripture is that word um, purge, that word prune, which really is the Greek word uh, katero. Okay. Mm. So that word purging. Well, uh, other translations of the Bible say prune. Mm. That Greek word is katero. Mm. And that word, according to the Strong's Concordance, is really just means to cleanse. Wow. Okay. So again, I'm going to give you a vineyard keeping 101. Because okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, I never grew up in a vineyard. I don't Come know on. about you. We've got some people watching from Stellenbosch. Lucky you. Mm. But we never grew up in a, Stella, in a vineyard. Mm. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a one vineyard keeping 101. Now, what happens is, you know, sometimes, you know, a branch can be supported on this trellis. Mm. But, you know, sometimes you find that insects land on these branches, yeah, yeah. Uh, parasites land yeah. on these branches, even dirt. Mm. And those things can really begin to weigh down that branch yeah. and, and actually inhibit that branch from bearing even more fruit. That's right. So what the, the vine dresser does is well he simply then goes and cleans the branches right right he cleans them with a little bit of water and you know, pesticides, cleans them, pesticides. Yeah. he cleans the branch so that it you know it is put into a position where it can bear it's, even it's, more fruit it's free to bear <laughs> it's more free fruit to bear even more fruit that's right so in the same way i believe jesus is therefore saying that the father he cleans and he purifies us as believers so that we can be even more fruitful, so that we can wow. bear even more fruit. Wow. Now, the question you're probably asking is, well, what is this cleansing process? You mm. know, mm. how does God um, really purge us? Mm. Now, again, it's sad to say, you know, there's been a wrong interpretation of in purging. the body of Christ that yeah. this purging, this pruning process is yeah. a painful cutting process, you yeah, know, yeah. that God is going to cut you and prune you. He's going to cut some things off. He's going to cut some things off. You know, God silly thing. you cancer <laughs> to prune you. Cut some. He's gonna be, you know, it's I mean, just the it's pruning so of the Lord. Yeah. Because people truly believe that God is the one who's killing babies so that he can help the parents bear more fruit. It's a lie. That is a lie from the pit Come of on. God. God does not use tragedy Come to on. teach you. Come God on. does not use pain, grief, sickness, poverty to teach you. He doesn't even allow it. I mean, I'm going to go as far as the enemy has snuck in another uh, a weird doctrine in the church where people say, well, God doesn't do it, but he just allows it. He doesn't even allow it. Yeah. Just like I won't allow my kids to walk into a room full of snakes, God doesn't even allow it. If we were to look at the real uh, root cause of why some of these challenges happen, the deception of the enemy, Amen. ignorance. I mean, people would do plumb stupid things and turn around and say, is the purging. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. If you submitted to his word and to the direction of the Holy Spirit, man, some of those things would, would just not happen. So I totally agree that, that you know, this, this entire Bible verses 
been read the wrong way. And, and from the description that you have given us, the revelation that you have given us, if we are to read this verse Two, all over again. This is what it would sound like in the Greek, at least. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he lifts up and puts it back on the structure. And then every branch that bears fruit, he cleans it, pesticide, water, he cleans it so that it may bear more fruit. And you are about to uh, tell us how this pruning happens, how this purging, how this cleaning happens. You are getting ready to uh, uh, show us how this process takes place. Well, well, Jesus answers it in verse 3. Yeah. Right? So people just need to read on. People Man, if you kept verses. reading, if you kept reading on, <laughs> you'd have all the answers. The answers start preaching the truth of Come on. God, okay? Just keep reading. So keep reading. John 15 verse 3 says, Now you are clean how? through the word which I have spoken to you. In other words, you are purged. Yeah, you are purged. You are purged. What's so interesting <laughs> is that Greek word clean now in verse 3 is a derivative of katero wow. that we just read in verse That's 2. That's good. It's the word kataros. Come on. Okay? Again, it's a, de- a derivative or it's related very closely to the Greek word kataros. Come on. Which we just read in verse 2. Now, this word kata- kataros means to be free from impurities. Yeah. And so now what Jesus is saying in John 15 verse 3 is he's making it so very clear Come on. that we are free from impurities. Come on. We are clean through the word that he has spoken to us. Come on. Church, it is the word that purges us. Come on. It is the word that prunes us. It is the word that keeps us That's clean right. so that we can be put into a position to bear even more fruit. Come on. You know, you know, I've got to go there a little bit because yeah. I, I really, I, 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 you know, it, 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 it angers me, you know, that we have this teaching in the body of Christ. Yeah. And so really, I mean, the purpose really of, uh, you know, our teaching this morning is really to set you free from this wrong doctrine, yeah. this wrong teaching. God does not need the devil's help Come to on. prune us. Yeah. God does uses not his word. need the devil's help to make us even more to, fruitful. To, to raise his kids. He doesn't need it. He uses the word to clean us. Yeah. He uses the word to prune us. Now the challenge, if you believe that God uses sickness, if you believe that God uses poverty and circumstances to make you more fruitful, the challenge is you're not going to resist. You're not going to fight back. You're not going to fight. It makes you passive. It makes you passive. I mean, James 4 verse 7, it says, submit to God, submit to the word of God, submit to the truth of the word of God. Come on. It says, resist the devil. And he will flee from you. How can you resist the devil if you think, you know, God is working with the devil, you know, to cause a a calamity in your life? You can't. Amen. The God is good. God is always good. The devil is bad. Let's get that clear. Okay. God does not use sickness. He does not use poverty. He does not use calamity to make us more fruitful. God uses his word. Amen. And here's another here's another verse that goes along with what you're saying uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter number 5 from verse 25 to 26. Uh, the Apostle Paul re- uh, repeats the same concept and, con- uh, 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 and he says in verse 25 to 26, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ has loved the church. He, and he gave himself 
uh, for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word. So Jesus repeats that uh, the apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit repeats what we see in John 15 and he says here uh, he's talking you know, obviously the context is in relation to husband and wife uh, in a marriage relationship and he says you know you can cleanse uh, your wife by the washing of the water by the word. Man, the way God prunes us, the way God purges us is by the uh, 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 washing of the word. Because scientifically, it wouldn't even make sense, uh, the doctrine of purging and pruning. It wouldn't even make sense to say uh, the pruning that we're talking about is to cut you off. Because scientifically, if you cut a branch off uh, from the, the source of life, from the branch, uh, from, from, from the actual stem, if you cut the branch off, man, it's not going to produce any fruit. It's just going to shrivel up and die. So scientifically, that doesn't even make sense to say the Lord is just pruning, you know, he's pruning me, cutting me off. No, when he says the Lord is pruning you, it means he's washing you with the word. So when you uh, listen to a teaching like this, what's happening in the spirit, in your soul, in your soul? realm in your mind, will, and emotions is that there is a washing of the word that's taking place with the renewing of your mind. There is a washing of the word that's taking place when you go to life group and you get into the word. There is a washing of the word. And it is that washing of the word that brings you into a place of fruitfulness. God is calling the church to fruitfulness. But we have to do it. Uh, a greater fruitfulness is going to happen when we submit to the word and we allow the word uh, to to just uh, wash us and wash off all that dirt, all the pests and uh, uh, so on and so forth. I think it's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. Amen. So I'm going to add a second witness to that. And mm. I'm gonna, let's go quickly to see what Paul says. And um, I believe it's in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. Mm. I'm going to read it in the... In the New Living Translation, I have brought my King James Version, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, Paul's, uh, Paul speaking in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 in the New Living Translation. He says, all scripture, in other words, God's word, mm. it's inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and mm. to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Come on. It, in other words, the word corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And then in verse 17, let's read on. For good measure. It says God uses it. In other words, God uses his word to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work. Come on. God uses his word, his mm. word to prepare us for every good work. God mm. uses his word to make us more fruitful. Come on. Okay. Come on. Amen. Come on. So, and, and, and here's something else I want to add. When we say uh, uh, the word of God, particularly for us who are New Covenant believers, when we say the word of God, we are talking about the good news. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there are some people who have mastered the art of going into the word and just, you know, picking up scriptures and using it like a shambok, you know, and use it like a club, <laughs> like a baseball, uh, cricket bat. And just, I mean, they will find the uh, most crazy parts of the Bible and, and they will just use it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a rod to try and just whip people in line. But that's not what we're talking about. When we say God uses his word to prune, we are saying God uses the good 
good news. God uses the gospel. God begins to elevate you by reminding you of your identity in Christ. God never uses uh, your current situation or where you are, your circumstance, uh, to preach down at you and to just look down on you and say, you, you silly thing. No, when you are in your silly thing, most utmost state, God says uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who knew no sin became sin so that you through him might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he begins to remind you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He begins to remind you over there in Ephesians chapter number one, I believe verse six, uh, that you are the uh, uh, accepted in the beloved. And when you begin to start thinking this way, there is a washing that takes place and there is a removal of all the stinking thinking and it begins to bring you back to your true identity in Christ. And, and, and so God never preaches uh, what you are going through at you. God always preaches who you really are in your spirit. And when we say the word of God, that's what we are talking about. Amen. I just thought to add that in there. Good. No, that's powerful. That's powerful. So let's go quickly back to our original um, uh, 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 chapter that we are doing our Bible study um, in this morning. John 15. That's John 15. So, so Jesus, I'm loving Jesus this. continues. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it, you know. Uh, again, I want to remind you, feel free to share this broadcast. Share, share, share. Sharing is absolutely caring. Amen. So Jesus continues, right? Um, we've just read in the preceding verses that, you know, he revealed that he's the vine. He spoke about how his father, in other words, God, is the vine dresser who cares for the branches. Just a bit of a recap there. If branches are not bearing fruit, the vine dresser is going to lift them up. He's going to pick them up and support them. and bring Lovingly. Them Lovingly. Yeah. God is love. Amen. Man, he's, and, he, and you know, I might add his nature is always good. You know, uh, the Bible says in uh, Hebrews 1, 3, it says Jesus is the express image of the Father. And so if we, we were to look at what God really looks like in terms of personality and character, we can literally look at Jesus and we'll be able to see what God looks like. Uh, someone once said if, if, if God took a selfie of himself, you know, with his cell phone, if God took a selfie of himself, uh, it, it's going to come out looking like Jesus because that's what the Bible says in Hebrews 1, 3. It says uh, uh, Jesus the, is the exact representation of the Father. And so if God's true nature is really modeled by Jesus, uh, uh, we don't see Jesus doing any of the things that God is accused of uh, when he walked on the earth. We don't see Jesus. We definitely see Jesus pruning and purging in the right context of this uh, Bible verse, but we don't see Jesus using lightning to strike people uh, so he can get their attention. We don't see Jesus uh, uh, using sickness to try and get people's attention. And I might add, he had several awesome opportunities to, to, to use some of those things if that was uh, his nature and his uh, MO, his modus operandi. If that was his MO, man, he would have, he would have used it on, on that woman at the well. Yeah. I mean, oh, she yeah. was crazy. That's she crazy. was crazy. It's recorded that she had about six husbands mm -hmm. and the seventh one that she was on wasn't even her own. I mean, she, he is a crazy yeah, woman. If there, is a, if there is a perfect opportunity to use uh, 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 crazy things that God is accused yeah. of, to try and get someone's attention, man, he has an awesome opportunity. But still, God doesn't, you know, strike this woman, you know, with lightning or something or sickness. No, he, 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 he ministers grace. He ministers mercy. He ministers goodness to her. And you know what that did to her? 
it turned their life upside down because it is the goodness of God. Romans 2, 4, it is the goodness of God that will lead man to repent. Listen, our God is a good, good father. Our heavenly father is good in, in, in his nature and he is good uh, in his DNA. There is nothing evil in him. All that he does is good. All that he does for his children is good. When you see bad things happening in your life, hey, listen, you heard it here first. You can be rest assured the source of it is not God. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Let's get that straight. Absolutely. God is good and God is good all the time. Amen. Someone type that. God is good. Type it in the comment section. All the time. Let the world know. It's not a slogan. That God is good. It's a truth. All the time. Amen. (laughs) Okay. And so now we're going to go to John 15 verse 4. We'd actually forgotten we were still in John. But anyway, John 15 verse 4. Mm Mm-hmm. And now what we start seeing is God, uh, Jesus now starts to speak about our relationship with him. Mm. He starts to um, really just um, show us how we, you know, we fit into this vineyard. Mm. Okay. So John 15 verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me mm. and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Come on. And then in verse 5, he says, I am the vine. So here we hear Jesus repeating what he said, ex- the exact same thing he said in verse 1. He says, I am the vine. In other words, what Jesus was beginning to reveal to his disciples was that he is the true source, uh, the true supplier of life. Mm. He is really um, our, our nourisher, yeah. you know. And really our provider. Come on. And then he says to his his disciples, and I believe he's saying this to us even today, you are the branches. Mm. Then he says, he that abides in me and I in him. Come on. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit. I absolutely love that progression. Come on. Did you see in verse 2, Jesus talked about a a branch with no fruit. Mm. Okay. Then he talked about a branch which had fruit that was purged so that it could bring forth more fruit. That's right. Well, here, Jesus is saying there's a process that evolves between more fruit. Mm. There is a, a state of being where you can have much fruit. Come on. Okay? And this and the way you have much fruit mm. is if you abide in the vine mm. and the vine abides in you. Come on. Amen. And then he says, for without me, you can do nothing. Mm. So I, I really want us to focus a little bit on verse 5. Jeez, and we're fast running out of time. Yeah. So we will go quickly. But in verse 5, Jesus, Jesus begins to say, I am the vine. Mm. In other words, what Jesus is saying to us and to his disciples then is, I am the source of life. Come on. You know, he's saying, I am the supply. Come on. And you know, that's so very encouraging for mm. me, especially in these times that we're finding ourselves in. We we don't have to rely on our jobs to be our come source. Come on, come on. The government is not our source. Come on. The source, our real source, especially in this time, is Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't have to look at the government to be our source. Come on. All we have to do is look at Jesus. Yes. Okay? And then he turns around and he begins to say to his disciples, you are simply the branches. Come on. You know? Yeah. You are... Oh, the fruit-bearing part. Our responsibility huh? is just to yeah. let fruit hang That's on the it. branches of our lives. We don't even have to produce the fruit. No. It's not our responsibility. Yeah. We're not the vine. Yeah. We just have to abide in the vine. The, the vine. Position ourselves in yeah. the vine to bear fruit. The vine gets to do. 
all the work. The vine gets to be connected to the roots. The vine get to uh, we, the roots, which go all the way deep to get water. The the vine gets to do all of that, bring it up, you know, on an upward elevation, and send all that life into us. And all we get to do as the branches uh, is to just let the fruits. Yeah. Uh, be produced uh, by the, the, the life that's yeah. flowing in the vine. Amen. And it's, it's just, we get to do the easy part. We absolutely do. <laughs> it's we awesome. Did, we absolutely do. We, we the, only, the only hard part is to read the word <laughs> and believe Amen. it, absolutely. which is easy, right? That's the easy part. <laughs> no, Jesus did the hard part for us, yeah. okay? So we are, we, are the, we are the branches. And I love this passage of scripture because really it begins to answer those two fundamental questions that every person really has in life right the mm. first question is who am i yeah well according to john 15 verse 5 you are a branch you are a branch, <laughs> you are a branch Come on. that needs to abide in the vine that needs or that our responsibility really is to abide in jesus and then the second fundamental question that every human being has on this earth is what is my purpose come on well i believe that that question is answered yet again in john 15 verse 5 our purpose or god's purpose for us is to bear fruit come on god's purpose for us is to be productive god's purpose for us is to grow to increase to multiply to move from one level of glory to another level of glory man i love it <laughs> i love it and, and and if we were to continue i'm gonna uh, let you just touch on some of the things that you have over there but if we were to continue verse five through to seven i know we don't have much time so we're gonna have to uh, 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 look at some of these things, you know, uh, uh, quickly. If we were to continue from verse, uh, what did I say, verse uh, 5? Yeah. Did you read verse 5? We read verse 5. So let me read from six, verse seven. 6, 7, and 8. Mm -hmm. Jesus then said, If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in, in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Hearing is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. I like that. That God says, Jesus says, God is glorified when we bear much fruit. You know, before I, I had a revelation of the fruitful life, every disciple of Jesus is called to live uh, uh, the fruitful life. That's, that's, that's our purpose, like you rightfully answered it. You know, our purpose is to produce fruit. Amen. Before I had this revelation, I thought my purpose was to engage everyone into a, a theological debate. I mean, I would be everywhere on Facebook, on YouTube, just <laughs> trying to convince people about this revelation that I just, you know, got a hold of. And I'm trying to convince this. God hasn't called us to a life of uh, a theological debates. God has called us to a life of fruitfulness. That's what glorifies our Heavenly Father. Hey, listen, if you don't agree with what I agree and what I see in Scripture, that's good. And if you uh, like to uh, uh, do it any other way, that's great. Uh, my only question is, how is that working for you? How much fruit is it producing for you in your marriage, in your ministry, in your life? How much fruit is, is it producing for you? Because ultimately, it is the fruit 
that we produce in our lives that will glorify our Heavenly Father. We are called to live a life of fruit. God has called us to this fruitful life. And as we submit ourselves and abide, I know yes. you're going to share I'm a little bit a about little that. Bit about, but before that, I actually want to add a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's really the fruit in our lives, church, that ministers more to people than the words that we say. Come on. Okay? Come on. It's re- you, you, you know, if you've got fruit, your fruit is preaching much louder Hallelujah. than any argument, any uh, theological debate yeah. that you could ever enter into. Come on. Right? Come on. <laughs> I mean, your fruit tells your story yeah. on your behalf. Come on. Okay? And, and, and most importantly, your fruit points people to Jesus. Come on. People need to know Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we are living in a very dark time. Come on. You know, people are lost. People are dying. People are scared. Yeah. And it's your fruit that's going to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Because, you know, I think you always said, our fruit is really that tangible, that visible evidence on the outside of a believer yeah. that Jesus lives inside us. I mean, because uh, unbelievers don't understand tongues. No, they don't. They don't understand the gifts of the Spirit. They don't understand you know, some of the spiritual things that we do. But one thing they cannot miss is fruit. Mm-hmm. When your life is fruitful, they can't miss that. Yeah. They, 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 they're just going to have to ask, submit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, ask for answers. And, yeah. and, and when they come up to you and they start asking for answers, then you point them to Jesus. Absolutely. And the scripture here says it glorifies our Absolutely. Heavenly Father. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. That's awesome. And so we're going to look at this, um, we're going to go back to John 15 verse 4, because I think herein is really the key um, to manifesting this more and much fruit in our lives, right? Mm. So in John 15 verse 4, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. Come on. Okay. Now that, that word abide is, is the Greek word meno. Uh-huh. M-E-N-O. Yep. And that word means to stay, to remain, to continue, to enjoy in. Come on. So really, in that word abide, there's an idea of permanency. Yeah. It's really referring to a place that you're dwelling in consistently. It's not seasonal. Constant, it's not seasonal. You don't come in and go out and go in and go out. It's a place that you are permanently staying in. Come it, on. it really reminds me of this process that we have in the banking world called FICA. Okay, mm. a FICA process. Yeah. And typically as part of the FICA process, you, you, you actually asked for your place of abode, right? Permanent your residence. Permanent residence. Yeah. You asked to provide evidence of where you're three months old. living three to six months sometimes. <laughs> you know, not not your place that you come and go as you please. Yeah. The, 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 the idea is for them to get an idea of where you are permanently, constantly and consistently dwelling in, in the uh, recent uh, uh, past. In the recent past. And so it's not a, a okay. revival that took place in 2005. You know, this, uh, you have these Christians that are still basking in, uh, in the glory of the 1999 uh, 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 revival. You know, it's a permanent. They say, I tried, I tried it. I went to the bank. I, you know, I, I was taking my chances. I gave them a one-year-old uh, proof of residence. They say, this one is stale. This one is old, chief, you know, uh, uh, where is the daily bread? And that's, that's what okay. we're talking about. Amen. You know, you can't, I mean, God has done some awesome and, and great things in the past, and we should, we should give him glory for it. We should celebrate and testify of his goodness. Amen. But I'm telling you, 
the future is greater. The latter glory shall be greater than the former glory. I'm telling you, we need to be expectant of this path of the righteous getting brighter and brighter. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So really here we see that the key to bearing much fruit is abiding. Come on. The key to growth Eminence. in your life. And the it's a lifestyle of studying the word. It's, it's, so, so maybe let's talk briefly about some of the practical ways in which we can abide, yeah. right? Because we, we like practical. We are practical ministry. Yeah. So, you know, really, let's maybe just share quickly. We, do, we only have two minutes. Time two flies when you're having so much fun. I always say I wish time flew so fast when I was on the treadmill. <laughs> or doing burpees and crossfits. Oh, my Thanks. word. <laughs> okay. So really, let's look at some of the ways in which we can abide. Mm -hmm. um, some of the ways in which we can remain connected to Jesus and everything that he has for us as the vine that's right so, so really i think i'm going to share maybe three but, yeah. but really the you know the first the most primary and obviously the most foundational way in which we can stay connected to jesus is spending regular time in the word come on i mean i think this goes without saying yeah is letting god's word richly dwell in us come you on know? i love what it says in colossians 3 verse 16 it says let the word of christ dwell richly in you come on amen so you know as believers we need to be spending time in god's word yeah. Yep. And this needs to be a consistent, <clears throat> a, 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 a permanent life um, lifestyle. A, a grace rhythm. Mm, you know, you, you ought to get into a grace rhythm of, of spending time in the Word. Mm. You know, and that's going to help you uh, build your life yeah. and your house on the solid foundation of His of his, of his, of his word, you know, and, 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 uh, I love it. Amen. I love Amen. it. And so, you know, we at Faithful Church, we have what are called life groups. Yeah. You know, and life groups, you know, are really our vehicle to help you guys grow in the word, to help you guys be established in the word. Right? Yeah. So, you know, part of a life group, I want to encourage you to join a life group. And then another practical application of abiding and what practically abiding means is doing the word. Come on. You know, it's not just good enough to hear the word. Yeah. We need to do it. Yeah. You know, I always say the word that's truly alive in us, the word that we're truly abiding in is the word we that act we on. do. The word that we know. Yeah. Okay, so we need to be doing Step out the of the word. boat. It's not good enough just to know you can walk on water. <laughs> At some point, you need to step out of the boat and walk on water. Amen. 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 And what's the final thing? Seven prayer. seconds. Prayer. Well, prayer really is communicating with God. Fellowship. And here we've got to say prayer is not a monologue of telling God, I want, I want, I want. God wants to talk to you. God wants to share with you principles from his word. God wants to encourage you Come on. through prayer so that you can bear even more fruit. Praise God. I think we're out of time. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.